Here's the pitch. Line drive, there it is! Into left field! Hit number 3,000! A run is scored! Musial ran first! On his way to second with a double! Holy cow! Hey, Gibson is one strike away from the no-hitter. He takes off his cap. He mops his brow. He looks in and gets the sign. He starts to wind up. Here's the pitch, and it's a strike! What's up, Cardinals Nation? I'm Brad. And I'm Aaron. And you're listening to Usual Suspects. Shooter from the belt to the plate. A swing and a strikeout in the major leagues there he goes and Molina from his knees oh my wow hi I'm Miles Michaelis and you're listening to the Musial Suspects what is up guys so the last show that we did we didn't have a lot of complaints we saved them all for this week oh man we were in first place sitting pretty feeling good about ourselves yeah and then in the course of what two weeks yeah in about two weeks we're now in fourth place in the central and it's not because the Central is so amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of average. Mean, I knew it was going to be a tough race from the get-go, but, I mean, for crying out loud, man. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it's exactly what you said. We were, we were like, oh, man, you know, we really don't have a lot to talk about. Things are going really good. At the time, we were, they were 19 and 10, and we're like, this, this is going great. Jinx. Yeah, so we've won two games since then. Yeah, well, technically three. Three. Yeah, we're twenty-two and nineteen. So the Cardinals are three and nine since we had that episode. So, our bad. Our bad. We'll take that one. Yeah, that was. Sorry. (laughs) We're gonna try our best to go to more games because when, 
when the collective mutual suspects go to a Cardinals games, they're three and zero. Yeah, this so is true. We are gonna have to uh, um, keep up on that. Go to more games so that way they can get out of this little rut. Problem is, they just started a uh, a nice little stint on the road. So. Right. So, well, maybe maybe the road will be good for them and they'll get winning there. Uh, Larry Smith had. I feel like it's the comment of the night so far. And uh, don't let him have that crown unchallenged. So if you want to comment, go ahead and jump into the comments there. Don't be shy. And there's no bad comments unless you use like F-bombs and stuff like that. Yeah, in don't do case, all that. I'll be very disappointed in you. Anyway, uh, Larry Smith said, I feel like I have a very dysfunctional relationship with this team. They're driving me crazy. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. 100% comment of the night. How do I change my like to love? <laughs> I don't know how to do it. All right, it's staying alike. Anyway, Aaron, what you got for tonight? Because you have the uh, the outline, and I have the board and the computer. Absolutely. Well, uh, as as we do every week, we're going to start this off with our social media plugs. Oh, thank goodness I saved this correctly. Uh, so the first one we're going to talk about is Patreon. Uh, if you guys don't know, we have a Patreon account. Uh, if you guys would like to give to us, uh, it really is all of it just goes towards production costs and things like that. Uh, we try to have cool guests on the show. Uh, if you missed it, we had Miles Michaelis on a few weeks ago. Feel free to check that out. Uh, we have it in the video uh, where we went live that moment. Uh, it was pretty cool. And then we also have it available on iTunes as well as SoundCloud. So if you just want to listen to you know the good part, just join right in. Super nice. Um, it was an awesome interview. Uh, so we're trying to do more cool things like that. So anything you would give to us on Patreon helps to set things up like that. So, um, yeah, visit us at patreon.com slash mutual suspects. And that little bling sound you hear is that is the sound of our, yeah, our uh, church softball team's trying to get a head count for tomorrow. What they yeah. should be doing is watching our podcast, but right. it's fine. Speaking of that, uh, Thank you so much to everyone who is currently watching on Facebook. For those of you that haven't liked us already, go and find our Facebook page. Drop a like. Drop a little follow button as well. That way, if we have any impromptu episodes or things like that, you'll know as soon as we go live. And then that way, you can just join right in. Uh, visit us at facebook.com slash mutual suspects. Or you can just search at mutual suspects, and it pops right up. And then as far as Twitter goes, we are at mutual underscore sub, uh, suspects. Uh, we'll do uh, updates on the show. We we try to get in a little bit of baseball talk on our account, but a lot of times we kind of split that off into our main accounts. Uh, I am at two birds on an arch, the number two birds on an arch. I'll share the articles I've written and things like that for Arch City Media and two birds on a bat. I just dropped one this past week about the, I guess, emergence of Paul DeYoung. I mm -hmm. mean, I've been talking about him a lot this offseason and things like that, but to a lot of major league baseball, it kind of came out of nowhere. So it's a, it's a good little piece talking about, you know, the things he's improved on and, and why this shouldn't be a huge surprise. And then, yeah, I'll give it to Brad and he can tell you about uh, his Twitter. Yeah. My Twitter handle is at range Brad. Um, uh, that's just the way it sounds. R a N G E B R a D. Um, I like to talk a lot about baseball, hockey, uh, sports in general, and a little bit of politics mixed in there as well. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, the other thing that Aaron forgot to mention is is uh, our main Twitter page, the Mutual Suspects page. That's also where we do the bulk of our giveaways. Yes. It's it's not that we do the bulk of our giveaways there. We've definitely seen the bulk of 
really input from Twitter. We post it on our Facebook page too, and we do get a pretty good amount of response from that, but it seems like a majority of our entries come via Twitter. So, mm-hmm. um, and as, as most of you know, from our, uh, from the posts I made on social media, we will be announcing a giveaway later on in the show. So stay tuned for that. And then we'll be able to share the links with you. That way you can get all, all ready to go and get your entries in. Sorry, I'm I'm trying to text the softball team right now that's saying, yes, I will be here. And guess what? Join the show. It'll be a good time. I really don't want to be in that group. <laughs> yeah, I definitely... Uh, uh, I've definitely muted it from time to time. Usually when it, the subject gets off the, like, like who's actually going to be there, it's like, all right, yeah, okay, we can... We can back off that for a minute. Um, so, yeah. And then uh, as far as social media goes, the last one that we want to plug is we have an Instagram page. Hooray. Yeah. We haven't done a whole lot on our Instagram page so far. We have three followers and four posts, but it's great. Uh, it's something that we're trying to, you know, test it out, see how it goes. So find us on Twitter. Uh, it's just at Musual Suspects. Uh, find us on there. Give us a like. We'd really appreciate it. Uh as far as giveaways and things like that go, we will be posting those on Instagram as well uh, in order to try to gain some more entries and things like that. Whether or not we get a lot from Instagram right now, that's not the point. We're just trying to grow our account there, right. see see what we can do. Have so, a little fun. Yeah, so follow us on Instagram, uh, uh, at Mutual Suspects. It'll be a fun time. Uh, you might get some lucky and get some of them bikini pics. I mean, not... Yeah, I mean... Or not lucky. I mean, it, you know what? Never it, mind. It Forget I said anything. We want to grow the account. We it don't is, want it to. Shrink. It is what it is. I mean, anyway. it, it might grow it from three followers. I mean, it might go up. But yeah, uh, Matt Mumford <laughs> said, uh, "Aaron, you still play softball?" Yeah, I do. Kinda. I mean, <laughs> hey, I felt pretty good in that first at bat. That was about it. The rest yeah. of the game, it was pretty pretty garbage. It happens, man. It, it happens. Yeah, I mean, I did throw the ball. I did catch a ball in the outfield. It was really weird. I played like four positions in five innings, so it was like, what's going on? But it is what it is. Yes, I do still play softball. I attempt to play softball. It's a good time. Made the mistake of not wearing baseball pants last week. Got a nice little strawberry on my leg. It, it was happens. Fun. I didn't even slide. I went for a ball, and I didn't even get the ball. That's what made it worse. I made a play on a ground ball and missed it, All right. and I still got my leg burned up. So let's uh, talk baseball now. Yeah, so it's an off day, so we've got a lot more viewers in here than normal. Which is great. Yes, we really we really do appreciate that. Like the fact that it's an off day kind of lined up that way. but Well, that's why we do Mondays, because Major League Baseball off days tend to be either Mondays or Thursdays. Yeah. Uh, you either get the break off the weekend series, and then you do what? Uh, Wednesday, uh, Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, usually Thursday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then like a, a Friday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday Sunday, Sunday, something like that. Yeah. And then if it's not, and if you get Monday, uh, and if you don't get Monday off, it's a lot of times it's like a four game series or something like that or whatever. But yeah, so um, Cardinals are in a bit of a slump. Well, you know what, though? It's, it's not that they're slumping all at the same time. They kind of are right now. Well, I, I'm looking at it. And Other than like a couple guys. I mean, they put up six runs uh, yesterday, which is yeah better than what it used to be, or better than what it had been for for Michaelis and for for uh, yeah for Wainwright. Those were so the the offense was working. Yeah, and Dakota Hudson had a rough first inning, but after that he was decent. Yeah, he was fine. It, and it, so his, it's probably his best start of the year when he leaves. 
The Cardinals are winning six to three. Mm-hmm. And then the bullpen implodes. Yeah. So then yeah, Tyler Webb goes in. He didn't record an out, and then Brebbia had a bit of a rough outing. I mean, I think I think what we've seen from this team is is how um, one of the things uh, one of the things is is that that everything has to work together for a win. Yeah. So we had two really good starts that should have been wins and the offense was non-existent. A wall. Yeah. Nobody well, knew where it was. The offense in in the first game with Wainwright was there. They just couldn't get timely hits. They had 10 hits but put one run across. That's true. And the game with Michaelis really both offenses didn't show up. It was yeah. like 7 hits total for both teams. They just happened to get three in a row off Michaelis in the in that one inning, that kind of screwed it up. And and, then, and I I remember tweeting about it because, no offense to Jose Martinez, he's a fantastic hitter. But if you've got anyone else in right field, that ball probably doesn't go to the fence, and you probably keep runs from scoring that inning. But that ball does get to the fence, and a single turns into a triple. You know, and I'm looking here what Rob said. He said trading uh, Martinez's bat for his crappy defense hurts too. And I, you know what though, having good defense out there, and then you would have I mean, an equally not, crappy bat. He's not wrong though. If you look at his wins above replacement, his defense drags his overall production down a lot. But I understand you. It's hard to bench him when he's hitting 350. <laughs> Because no one else on the team and, is going to do that. And to be honest with you, it wouldn't be uh, uh, as noticeable or as glaring if we had other outfield defensive options that were yeah. able to pick up the slack. So, I mean, you I think mean, about a couple of those balls. Is Bader still hurt? Why well, isn't he playing? I don't know. Because, like, he's not batting well. No one's batting well. Except for Martinez and, ex- and Instead of Martinez, really. Fowler's been okay. He's he's gotten on base, which is which is great. He's well, been his able to get up. It's still over three hundred, isn't it? I think so. It's it's gone down a little, but yeah, I do think he's still over three hundred. Yeah, Jose Martinez right now, according to Baseball Reference, has a WAR of zero point one, and that's, that's with what, hitting three forty. Yeah, that's that just goes to show you that his defense legitimately does drag this team down a lot. And it was the same thing last year. He was able to pick it up a tad bit. To where he was still a productive player, but if there was a really, really long time during the season where his wins above replacement was hovering right at zero, yeah, even though he was hitting like three twenty, and then you had Colton Wong, who everyone was like, "Oh, he sucks, he can't hit, get him out of the lineup," and yet he had a war of like two because his defense was spectacular. There are ways that you can contribute without just hitting, and there are ways that you can contribute without just defense, right? It would be nice if both of those players we, we need, could yeah. have both of those things. We need we need uh, Martinez to get better defensively a little bit. Even if it's just a, a small improvement, that yeah. number Fowler drops. currently is hitting 294, but still. He has a wins above replacement of 1.4. Right. And that's a large part due to the fact that he's getting on base. Yeah. He's and, getting on base consistently, which is nice. You know, and, and then, you know, I know we like to talk about Harrison uh, Bader's defense, but he's he's had a little bit of a rough year this year. Yeah. I mean, his defense is still better above than, league average. Better than Martinez. Is, oh, yeah, it yeah. It isn't him. Yeah. I mean, to to put this in perspective, I'll, I'll pull up Bader real quick. Um, as soon as this goes. Fun fact, by the way, Dexter Fowler has 30 hits on the season. He had 52 hits total last year. <laughs> wow. That's 
write that down. Right. That's amazing. Um, so, you know, and I look at the team and, and, you know, some of the stuff we've talked about, some of the stuff I've seen in chat, some of the stuff I've had, uh, some of the stuff I've, I've talked about with friends and, you know, people just in general, uh, is it time to sit Matt Carpenter? Is it time to do this? Is it time to do that? And it's like, that's all well and good, but who do you replace him with? Oh yeah. I was, I was listening to this on ESPN radio and that's what Wheeler kept talking about. It's just like, okay, fine. You take Matt Carpenter out. Who are you going to play at leadoff? And there's a lot of people who are like, well, what about Colton Wong? I'm like, you do realize that Colton Wong in the month of May is struggling worse than Carpenter is. Mm-hmm. So theoretically, switching them could provide a jump start to both of those guys, but that's not a guarantee in, at any point. Like, you're replacing a struggling hitter with another struggling hitter that's not, that's not guaranteed to fix it. And, and for the record, Harrison Bader has a wins above replacement of .05. They also have Bader tots at Sonic, apparently. Which... This is fantastic. I'm probably going to try it. Absolutely oh, wow. going to try it. But that is neither here nor there. The fact that they have it is cool, but <laughs> I don't <laughs> Well, get I it. had the Waka Burger at Sugar Fire the other day. We have a guest uh, guest just showing up right now. But I had the Waka Burger at, uh, at Sugar Fire the other day, and it was really good. So Yeah. Yeah, you know, I just kind of wonder, though, guys, what do you think? Who who would, if, if you think Matt Carpenter shouldn't be your leadoff hitter, or if you think you should bump him down the lineup, or you think you should take him out of the lineup, who do you replace him with, and what does your lineup look like? Go ahead and throw that in the, the chat there. I mean, legitimately, right now, it's Dexter Fowler, simply because he's getting on base. And the only other person that's legitimately getting on base is, like, Paul DeYoung. And I'm not putting Paul DeYoung at leadoff. He, he brings, him in the three-hole makes sense. Him leading off doesn't make sense. So if you're going to move Matt Carpenter from the leadoff position, even though we've talked about this time and time again over the years, and what happens when you move him? Nothing happens. And you move him back to leadoff and he hits again. So what are you going to do? Take him out of the leadoff position for a couple weeks just to put him back so he'll be good again? And to be fair, it's absolutely unacceptable that uh, Fowler is, or that uh, Matt Carpenter can't hit anywhere else in the lineup. And also, I think a little bit, too, with him, a little bit of his issue is is he's fallen in love with his eye for the strike zone, and it's if cost he, him if, a lot of strikes. If he strike, strikes out looking one more time, I'm going to lose well, it. Well, you know, he strikes out looking, he looks at the umpire, and he argues with him. And they're all borderline calls. They could go either way. And that's the thing. Just swing the bat. Like Brandon's it, got the right idea. Lane Thomas leadoff. I all mean, right. you might as well. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get out of here. Because they're not playing Bader. I'm going to slide out of here. I'm going to let our, our guests join in. Sounds good to me. All right. It's all right. He's doing his best. This will be fun. It's very cramped back here, if you can't tell. But it could be way worse. Uh-oh. No bueno? There we go. Yes, bueno. All right, I'm so, this. so why don't you go ahead and introduce your guest, Aaron? Yeah. So what's up, everyone? So uh, you may have noticed him in the chats from time to time, but this is actually my dad. Hey, hey. how's everybody doing out there in Cardinal Nation? Yeah, usually... Uh, 
Usually he's watching from afar, but he is actually home for a little bit from Honduras. It's good to be here. Yeah, it's... All right, so going back to Carpenter. Yeah. In the leadoff spot. Right now, Carpenter's getting on base by walks, but his biggest issue right now, he's trying to push the ball to beat the shift. He's trying to hit the ball to the left side of the field instead of just hitting the ball. If he'd stop trying to push the ball, because when he's doing that, he's dropping that back elbow and he's pushing that ball off to the right. He's hitting the ball to left field. Yes, great. But it's uh, it's not getting into the hole where yeah. he needs to quit worrying about the shift and just swing the bat. Le- legitimately, watching, watching the only time he's beat, strikes. yeah, the only time he's beaten the shift is via bunt, right? And like there was a game not that long ago, the Cardinals had like two hits going into the eighth inning, and both were bunts against the shift, right? So the biggest thing for Carpenter right now, if he's not going to hit and lead off, I agree. Dexter Fowler's the hottest hitter that we have right now, as far as getting on base and consistently, and Fowler would be the the ideal candidate to move up into the the leadoff spot. Best part about that is now you have a switch hitter. Yeah. Leading off, um, where he can go go from the left side or the right side. Um, <clears throat> but Fowler Fowler's been uh, El Fuego ever since he tried the coffee. Yeah, it's it that that was one of the funniest things I'd ever seen is that he finally gets coffee and that's what works for him. Right. Like. You got a guy legitimately in the dugout that sells his own coffee. Right. <laughs> so as I was driving over here, I don't know what topics you guys have already talked about. Um, really, it's just synopsis. been, it's, it's kind of really been talking about this past series. Aaron talked about himself a lot. Yeah. <laughs> we, I mean, it was mostly about this last series. Um, and just, uh, we, were, we talked a little bit about, you know, you had Michaelis and you had Wainwright give you really good outings. Yeah, and be honest, Hudson's outing wasn't a bad outing. He was ahead six to three when he yeah. when he came out of the game and he gave you six six innings. What more can you want for your starter to have a lead a three run lead oh, yeah. after six innings? Yeah. I mean, and I have not been very kind to Hudson so far this season. I don't love I I I didn't like Hudson in the rotation from the start. There there wasn't much about his minor league numbers that got me overly excited. I didn't know why you were just going to throw him into the rotation. And I think for the most part about this year, it's he's legitimately struggled. But yesterday, he gave you six innings, gave up only three runs. Hudson just needs some time in the major leagues for the umpires yeah. to figure him out because he's just throwing so many sinker balls at the knees that are that are clipping the box. I mean, they're, they are strikes, but he's not getting those calls because the umpires haven't seen him. And so his biggest issue is he's been trying to elevate, and then when he, when he brings that, that pitch up, even three inches, if it hangs... Yeah, they're just teeing they're off. They're teeing off on him. Yeah. But his sinker ball is phenomenal when he's hitting the knees. Yesterday he was struggling because he was... Throwing, he was he was elevating the pitches. He was elevating his fastball in the upper third of the zone, and he was only hitting you know that middle third to top of the bottom third on that sinker ball. Yeah, I mean, we 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 kind of addressed a little bit just about 
like the offense, at least recently, there's just not been any type of consistency. Most of our hitters are struggling, and that's not good. Goldschmidt's Gold, turned it around. Goldschmidt's hitting the ball really well right now. He had yeah. a great series against the Pirates. Yeah, he's hitting but he's hitting three hundred for the month of May, right? Which is which is good to see because he was really kind of struggling there at the end of April. People were like, "Oh no, look at him! He's we've are, this trade was a bust. Like, get out of right. here." Well, your best hitter in the lineup is still Jose Martinez, but yeah, at, at what point do you do you consistently throw the offensive? player out there when he's a defensive liability yeah i mean yesterday, yesterday afternoon he cost he cost the cardinals at least three runs if not five because he just miss misplayed three or four yeah. fly balls yesterday yeah and we, we we talked the same thing about yeah we talked the same thing about uh the game the other day with michaelis they they really only had the one good inning off of him and the one play that got all the way to the fence that ended up being a triple. If you've got Fowler in right field and and Harrison Bader in center field, that ball doesn't get to the fence and or, that triple even, turns into a single. Even Fowler in center and O'Neill playing right. Oh yeah, any, like any other defensive pairing that we could have, that that particular situation does right. not happen. And but that's what was really frustrating. But w at what point do you sacrifice your offensive capabilities for a defensive liability? Yeah. Um, Martinez has just been – hes the boy can hit. He continues to hit. He is constantly um, – very seldom do you see Martinez go pulling over. Yeah. No. Yeah, he, he definitely takes quality at bats. And I remember <clears throat> tweeting about this um, – before the season started because the conversation keeps getting brought up about the idea that the national league could adopt the DH. And I was like, you know, as a baseball fan, I don't really want to see that change, but as a Cardinals fan, I would love to see Jose Martinez and Tyler O'Neill play every day. Right. And, Especially and, in a DH role. Yeah. If, if Jose Martinez was DHing for us, Oh, this would be phenomenal. Right. Because Cause you could call up O'Neill, throw him, get him some everyday at bats and right. Bader can get some more, consistent at bats and he's not going to cost you defensively right because right now and i you know we talked about this yesterday our infield defense is phenomenal our outfield defense is atrocious right unless bader is playing and then you can he can at least fill in some of the gaps that ozuna and martinez can't fill and make it at least okay Right, but if you're not even going to play Harrison Bader, your outfield defense is terrible. Right, and there's no way around that. Fowler, like Fowler's a a decent defensive outfielder. He's okay. Uh, it, I, I to I, me, he's a he's a better right fielder than he is a center fielder. But he yeah. can, but he can cover the ground in center field. Not as good as Bader can, but he can cover I mean, the ground. To in be center. fair, there's not very many players that can. Exactly. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I th yeah, I mean, Harrison Bader right now, I, I, I'd have to look it up, but, like, his stat cast sprint speed is, like, top five in baseball. Right. So Absolutely. it's, like, it's tough to – like, and even balls that he misplays a little bit, he's – he can fix it on a dime and still get there. Whereas if Martinez misplays a ball, it's going to drop. And there are times where – no offense to Martinez because I love the guy. He hits fantastic. But there are times where he plays the ball perfectly and still can't get there. Right. And that's not ideal. 
You got Fowler, who, yeah, moving him to center field, whether it is, like, I, personally, I think it might be a little bit of a placebo thing. I think it, like, kind of helps his confidence going back to center field, and that's helping him hit a little bit. Uh, I, I think he started hitting when uh, when he had his first taste of coffee. But yeah. he, uh, he's, there's definitely a swagger to Fowler now that he didn't have definitely didn't have last year. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I do his, think a lot of that comes down to Mike Matheny. So Kevin yeah. Rogers, or uh, Codgers Revan, so Kevin Rogers, I don't know. Codgers Revan is what it says, but he said, but if they brought the DH over, every other team gets an improved offense as well, so it's not as much of a gap to gain. He'd prefer the NL game as it is. I mean, I, I agree with that, but I, like with look, that. but look at who offensively is going to be better than Martinez. Like five people. Like, there's a chance that he can win the batting title. That's like that's how good of a hitter he is. Adding an NL like batting title winner to your lineup every day, like not any other team is going to be able to legitimately do that. Yeah, you yeah. completely get rid of the defensive problem, and you gain a top ten hitter in baseball. This is why it amazes me that he's still a Cardinal because I yeah. Oh, and I'm and I'm sure there was. I mean, they were shopping him in the off season, but instead, the Cardinals legitimately they like, for whatever reason they were like, no, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna hold on on to him, you know. And I get it. He's he's a little older than most guys would be, um, even with his years of control. Uh, he's a little older than most most guys that they that teams are looking for, but. He's like solid. he's still hitting. He he's a solid hitter. He he would make a perfect DH in the AL. Yeah. Um, in the National League, I wholeheartedly agree with what Brad just said. Is that, you know, you you put a DH into the National League. Yes, other teams are going to beef up their offensive capabilities, but they're not going to remove the defensive liabilities that we would be doing in having Martinez or O'Neill. Yeah. Hitting hitting in that DH spot. Heck, I wouldn't even mind seeing Weeders hit in the DH spot. He's a solid hitter, too. Yeah, I mean, uh, like, talk about an unsung, like, hero. I mean, Weeders, when he's played, is performed. Well, the other day I said it's nice to have a gold glover to back up your gold glover. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, I mean, and that's, you know, talking about that infield defense. Like, we legitimately have four gold glovers on our defense right now. We've got Molina catching who can be a gold glover. You've got Goldschmidt, who's a gold glover. You've got Wong, that should be a gold glover. And you've got DeYoung, who's kind of a dark horse gold glover. If you look at last year and this year, when it comes to the defensive metrics, Paul DeYoung's top five in Major League Baseball for shortstops. Yeah. And no one talks about that. You know, he's come onto the season. Because he's not flashy. He just, yeah. He goes out there and he does the job. He makes the, he makes the routine plays look easy. Oh, every time yeah, he throws, he, and he it's makes, hitting Goldschmidt in the chest. And he makes tough plays look routine. Yeah, he's yeah. he's a stud. and But, yeah. you know, the the media wants to focus on guys like Javi Baez because he is a, a flashy defender. Right. And, you know, that series when we got swept by the Cubs and we were on Sunday Night Baseball, the amount of just fawning over Javi Baez was about to make me lose my mind. They were like, oh, this guy here, he could be a platinum glover right here. He's... Like Javi Baez, he's just so fun to watch, and I'm like, hold on. John Ravy on Twitter had this and comment. and I just I I pulled up the defensive metrics, and it's just like Javi Baez in defensive runs saved is first, cool. In most other metrics, he was between nine and twelve. 
Paul DeYoung was top 10 <laughs> in right. like everything. I'm like, so, but, and, and I'm like, but this guy's a platinum glover and this guy is what exactly? Underrated. He might be, Paul DeYoung legitimately could be the most underrated player in baseball. He's number three in major leagues in war, by the way. He's ahead of Mike Trout. Yeah. So, so no one's talking about that. So, so one thing that just in the last couple of weeks that, uh, that kind of bothered me a little bit is, you know, I understand it's a long season. It's 162 games and every game's important, but it seems to me that the last game in the national series, um, we subbed, we subbed out everybody. It was like we didn't want to win the game. We were giving everybody a day like, off. Like, yeah, I, we already got three or it's, four. It's a long season, and everybody needs everybody needs to take a break. But do you give everybody a break on the same day? Because that was the start of this, yeah. this slump that we're in, was that last game against the Nationals, and then we rolled into a three-game series with the Cubs. With the Cubs, with the and, Cubs got and got steamrolled. And, and got swept. And then we roll into the series with the Phillies and only take one. Now we take – we. We move in against the Pirates, and we take one of four. Um, yeah, it's, there's, a, it's there's infuriating a about, how inconsistent the team has been in these last in these last ten games. You know, right. the Cardinals scored seventeen in that first game, and everyone's like, "Oh, the offense has woke up," and and scored two runs combined in the next two games. Yeah, you know the the biggest problem, legitimately this season, has been the rotation. Rotation's not giving you enough innings. Uh, there's so many question marks about this rotation. Hudson's not performing. Michaelis isn't performing. Flaherty's not per- performing. Wainwright's been okay. And then you finally start getting some good starts from these guys, and they go to waste. Right. And it's absolutely infuriating. If it's not one thing, it's another. So when when the yeah when you have the run support there, the pitchers aren't aren't performing, and when the when the pitchers do perform, the run support's not there. Yeah, and I mean, and so. in this past game, I mean, I do think that Brebbia was probably due, I guess, in a way. You know, he had just been lights out, and even after giving up three runs in that outing, his ERA is still under two. Hey, if I'm <laughs> if I'm Mike Schilt, I put Brebbia in any yeah. day of the week just because of the way he's performed up to this point. Tyler Webb came in, pitched to two batters, and. You know, didn't record now. Wasn't doing anything. Yeah. The the only thing that is questionable is maybe let Webb throw one more batter just to turn Josh Bell to the right side, and then bring Brebbia in afterwards. But right. who knows? Josh Bell could have hit a homer from the right side just as easy as he hit one from the left right. side. And that, yeah. That home run that Brebbia gave up to uh, Bell is a I mean, lot smaller if Webb doesn't allow the other two guys to get on base. Yeah, right. and and. And to be fair, that home run was like what barely six inches over the fence. Yeah, it I barely mean, cleared. I mean, it's still a home run. It's still going to count as a home run. But, but Gold, I mean, Goldschmidt's was barely a home run too. But yeah, they were both 110 miles an hour coming off the bat yeah. that just had top spin on it and dove right over the fence. Yeah, and I mean, so. it's it doesn't help that some of these guys are already being so heavily used. You've got two guys, three guys in your bullpen who have been effective thus far. And thankfully, Jordan Hicks has had a little time to, like, get a day off. Right. Because that's a guy that you don't – like, I don't, I don't want to see him pitch every single time he can pitch because you're going to blow his arm off. 
Right. Like I like so the fact that we we had that stretch where you know he wasn't even being used and they bring him into that Phillies game just to get two outs. I'm like, all right, cool, keep him warm, yeah. get him out, awesome. Right. But you've got Gant and Brebia that have pitched a lot. Yeah. Now both of them have been effective, but they have both pitched a yeah. lot, and that worries me moving forward. I mean. That would have been the only other choice other than bringing Brebbia and when they did was to bring in bring in Gant. But the yeah. the problem is is they knew the next inning the pitcher was coming up and Gant's usually more of a two inning guy versus a one inning guy. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of discussion talking about the bullpen right now. Yeah. Leon and Gregerson. I don't know if you guys want to touch on those topics. Uh, and you may want to repeat what I'm saying because I don't know how much of what what I'm saying is being picked up by the mics. Yeah. But one of the things that I think is, is in the future, I think help is on the way. I think Carlos Martinez is going to be an effective bullpen arm. Yeah, he could be back as soon as this weekend right. is what I'm hearing. Right, and the other thing is, too, there are moves that could still be made as far as starting pitching. Yeah, that yeah, that is something I want to talk about a little bit because they've made it clear that now that is now something that's on their radar. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've had a little bit of discussion about that on, on Twitter myself. But Gregerson... Sorry, you, you kind of need to go, bud. You know, when he got signed, I was like, you know, he's been an effective bullpen guy. I was I was pretty happy with that signing. I'm like, you know, he could fill a role in this bullpen. And then Robert? as Just a starter, a, a role to play on this team. Um, this I would imagine he's I would imagine he's probably going to start soon if Hudson gives you another outing. Because this is seven or eight outings now, and it's like he's had one good one. The so, so one like his his next best outing, he gave up zero runs, but he went four and two thirds. Yeah. So let's let's play speculation. We'll we'll put the GM hat on both of you guys, and then oh, we'll man. also we'll also give you guys a chance to get into Mosaic's head. Oh man, do you? What do you? Can, do can you guys person? hear Brad out there? Hopefully. Yeah. So I'll say the question. You go. You just repeat the question. So they okay. don't sure. What do you do to address the starting pitching? And we'll start with Bill. Oh, the question is, what do I do to address the starting pitching? Well, there's still some free agents out there that haven't been signed. Um, you know, Keiko's available. You know, so why not go out and, and sign a top 10 pitcher from last year to this year's rotation? Um, that'll give you another strong arm. Um, We're sitting here, you know, really the weak link right now in in the starting rotation is Hudson. But like I said, when he's throwing that ball at the knees versus elevating, he's an effective pitcher. Um, Another another option that you have as far as starting pitching is concerned is, like you said, Gomber. What do you do with him? Carlos Martinez can be a starter. I think he's going to be more effective in the bullpen once he gets back on, uh, back on the roster, because he's a good two to three inning pitcher if needed, but he can also be a one pit or one batter pitcher as well. Um, and, and Martinez has still got he's still got the stuff, mm-hmm. uh, but as far as starting pitching, right now. Um, I'm not seeing it internally um, other than possibly Gomber, possibly Martinez, but I don't know if that gets you any better than what you currently have with Hudson 
another option would be to throw Gant into the starting rotation and move Hudson back into into the bullpen, um, just because Gant's a, Gant's a little bit harder thrower. But I think his you would see his average fastball drop three miles an hour if he was starting as well, because he would want to take care of his arm and, and take a little bit more off of it. But to me, why why Keuchel's not signed at this point is absolutely dumbfounding to me. It's it's not as dumbfounding to me because he's stubborn. <laughs> he's made it clear that he's not going to sign for anything less than he's worth, but I don't know if he necessarily realizes that the less he pitches, the less he is worth. So I, I'm kind of in the same boat with Keuchel. You might as well give him a call. The worst, the worst thing bothers me. You might think you're worth that, but if somebody isn't willing to pay you what you're asking... You're then you're not worth, not worth it. it. Yeah, you, and I mean, now, now to be fair. fair, I think his market should be better than what it is because he gave you 200 innings last season to a 380 RA. What's the problem with that? How many teams could use that? I don't know all of them, <laughs> but you know, I was talking about that in the off season between him or Corbin. I was like, either one of them, I don't care. Corbin ends up going to the Nationals, signs for five years, hundred million dollars, and Keiko's still sitting here. Now, do I think he's worth five years, $100 million? Not necessarily, but, like, at this point, take a one- or two-year deal and show them, like, hey, man, I've still got it. Um, now, the only issue that I have with Keiko is that you're going to have to put him in the minors, give him some starts before you bring him up. So, I mean, realistically, when is he going to join the rotation? Three weeks? Four weeks? Minimum? And at that point, some of our problems could fix themselves potentially. And that's where I'm kind of more in the line of, you know, if we're going to fix the rotation, maybe kind of see where it's going. If Hudson has another bad start or even, you know, even after last start, if you're like, you know what, maybe it's time to change it. You can pull Ponce de Leon. You can pull Gomber and fill that role for the time being. And if neither one of those guys are doing it either, that's when you maybe announce, you know, or that's maybe when you start looking at options via trade. You know, Madison Bumgarner's name has been thrown out there. Marcus Stroman's name has been thrown out there. Even Aaron Sanchez has been thrown out there. Another guy that I keep hearing a lot of people bringing up is Matthew Boyd from Detroit. He's got like three years of control. I don't know how you're going to get that without giving up a lot for that much control. Um, personally, Bumgarner intrigues me the most, especially if you're trying to make a postseason run because look at his postseason stats. You put him in the playoffs and he's a lockdown type of guy. And overall, I think his stats are fine. You know, people are talking like, oh, he's past his prime. And you've got guys that are talking about Stroman like, oh, he's entering his prime. I'm like, those guys are a year apart from each other age-wise. What makes you think that Bumgarner can't, like, just kind of figure it out and become what he was already before? The fact that he's a lefty is intriguing to me as well, kind of like Keuchel and even like Gomber. Getting that lefty in the rotation, does it help with matchups? Potentially, I guess. Um so it, I'd be curious. It definitely, it definitely will shake up opponents' lineups. Yeah. So you know, because when you're when you're throwing five five straight right handers and you're not throwing a left hander in there, then they're gonna stack their they're gonna stack their lineup with left handed hitters. Yeah. Think about the Cubs lineup versus a Madison Bumgarner. Oh yeah. That that they become very. Uh, well, Cubs and even uh, the Brewers just stack mm-hmm. with lefties. They become very. Uh, clandestine whenever you right. Yeah, exactly. Um, but 
I mean, really, outside of Hudson, the, I think the rotation has been fine. Flaherty hasn't been great. You know, his his strikeout numbers have been good. But I don't really care how many guys you strike out when you're, you know, averaging just over five innings a start. I was saying this early on in the year. I'm like, he just needs to go deeper into games. He just needs to keep going deeper into games. Like, yeah, those strikeout numbers are cool, but when you have to get to a three and two count to get the strikeout, it's just way too many pitches. Like, I I can pull it up, but I don't have the numbers on me right now. But I'm pretty sure, like, if you look at the difference between Michaelis and Flaherty, Michaelis has, like, 15 more innings, or, like, between 10 and 15 more innings, and they've had the same amount of starts. It's because he can go deeper into games, and he's throwing less pitches to do it. And and I'm not saying that Michaelis, Michaelis could be a strikeout guy. I guarantee you he has the stuff to, stuff to be a strikeout guy. They're just two very different pitchers. Michaelis aims to contact, and if you guys watched our, you know, watched our episode with him, he talked about how he doesn't like giving up those extra base runners via walk because it's like if you walk, you're 100% chance of getting on base, whereas if I'm pitching to you, there's less than 100% chance that you'll get on base. Right. And I love that. It's like, whereas you know, guys like Flaherty, you know, yeah, he's getting those strikeout numbers, but he's also walking a lot more guys too because he's trying to, he, he's trying to get those, he's, he's trying to get those borderline pitches for them to chase it. And then a lot of those are getting called balls. And so then he has to, you know, throw more pitches and that raises the pitch count. And then by the fifth inning, you're at 95 pitches. But a lot of that has to do with experience too. Yeah. You know, give it, you know, Flaherty, I mean, Flaherty's in his second season in the in the majors. I mean, to be fair, Ma- this is Michaelis's second season as a starter in the major leagues. Right. He yeah, had a, he had a brief stint. He had a brief stint with Texas. Okay. But he but, had ten starts in Texas. Flaherty had eight starts two years ago. <laughs> but Michaelis is not a power pitcher. Michaelis is a control pitcher. Yeah, but he's and got he's, power he's, pitcher he's, stuff. He's got power stuff. pitches. He's got but, power pitcher stuff. <laughs> but he. You know, when he rears back I, I, and throws ninety seven, I'm like, whole oh, or even oh, even oh. his average in fastball being ninety three. When you're seeing a seventy nine mile an hour curveball, ninety three looks fast. Oh yeah, right. But when you're when you're facing ninety four, ninety five, ninety four, ninety five, and then you see a slider or a sinker that's ninety four, ninety five, you know, Michaelis knows how to vary speed. Um, yeah, and he's and he's got good control. It, and that's a lot from maturity and experience. Yeah, I mean, it, where the younger you guys definitely right credit now his are, time in Japan. Yeah, absolutely. He learned how yeah. to pitch in Japan. Yeah, he he turned into a completely different type of pitcher. Um, and I mean, to, to, and, and talking a little bit about Michaelis, you know, early on people were kind of worried, like, oh great, we we signed him to an extension too early. This nope, this sucks. Well, in the month of May, he's been a lot better. He's had three starts. He's got 20 innings pitched with an ERA of 1.35. He has a batting average against of 183, and he has a whip of 0.75. I'll take it. You know, his month of April wasn't ideal. Had a couple not-so-great starts, but, you know, this past, you know, so far in the month of May, he's only given up 14 hits. A couple of those starts came against the Brewers in Milwaukee, which is a hitter's ballpark for a left-handed hitter, and they're loaded with left-handed hitters. Yeah, I mean, you know, he gave up. He gave up. He's given up more home runs this year on average than 
um, it's probably about twice as what he did the whole season last year no, la- on, on the average because he what, he gave up, what, 16 all of Yeah, last he year? gave up 16 all last year, and I think he's given up eight so far this year. Eight or nine. But, uh, but it, if you yeah. look at his stats at the beginning of last year, too, his first few starts weren't ideal. He, he picked it up a little quicker last year than this year. I think through his first four or five starts, he still had an ERA of like five. Right. And this time he's – he it took a couple more starts to kind of get there, but he's still giving you innings. <laughs> right, he's still like in the top ten in the National League in innings pitched. He's yeah. giving you innings, which is nice. He's still not walk. He's walking more than he did last year, but last year was also like so this is not so, a lot. So, so to answer the question, <laughs> Madison Baumgartner and Dallas Keuchel, because we could u- really use a left-handed arm, not or both and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who do you take out of that second? Who do you take out of that second spot? If assuming Hudson get, take gets taken out of the bullpen, who comes out for that second spot for the rotation? If you get if you manage to get Keuchel and Bumgarner, assuming Hudson is one of the guys coming out, who's the next guy that comes out? Because who else is in there? Uh, probably Waka. Honestly, there's a case to be made that Waka is the first guy that comes out. Yeah, but to be fair, Waka has had a better upside so far this season over Hudson. But he, I think he's also had a worse downside. I like I think, yeah. If you had, my- I yeah, I've been saying that for years now. Is that Waka's on the trading block? But it, for him to be on the trading block, shouldn't he be more effective? <laughs> I don't know if there's going to be many people calling for a guy that's got like a five ERA. If your starting five was Michaelis, Flaherty. Baumgartner, Keuchel, and Wainwright. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Wow. And if the bullpen can pitch the way they pitched the first 40 games instead of the way they pitched the last couple of games. And you'll keep their arms fresh. And, and you keep yeah. their, you're keeping your arms more fresh. And you're throwing two lefties into the mix as far as. And two good lefties. You, to me, you've got a Cy Young Award winner from Keuchel, and then has Bumgarner won? No, he's he's received votes though. Lineup lineup consistency is very important, and and, and throwing yeah. throwing two left-handed pitchers into the lineup forces the other teams to start thinking about changing their batting order and changing the people that are playing because you may have somebody that can knock the heck out of the ball against a righty, but can't hit a lefty to save. Their soul, yeah, and, and you know, so you, a little diversity would would do some uh, some great well, then, things for the Cardinals right now. The postseason and your four man rotation looks like Michaelis, Flaherty, Keuchel, and, and Bumgarner. Probably not in that order, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> and, wow. and then still having and still having Wayne right there for a game five if you need him. Because Wayno Wayno's pitching good this year, he's got he's yeah. got a little bit better control. He he's got a little more pep on his fastball yeah. this year, and Uncle Charlie is looking better this year than it did last year. Yeah, his start before last wasn't great, yeah. but I mean, his last outing. How many people would have thought that Wainwright was going to have, you know, first off, more than five starts this year, and who thought that he was going to have a seven inning outing in May? Not many people. No. He's he's got forty three innings so far. Yeah, and and I get a lot of people wrote Wainwright off at the end of last year, but Wainwright's a competitor. Yeah. He's he's a 
a guy that loves the game. He's a guy that loves to compete. And as long as he's healthy, he's going to get out. He's going to get out there and he's going to give you all he's got on any given day. And Wayne Wainwright historically has proven that he's a solid pitcher for the Cardinals and has been for many years. And I felt like the Cardinals owed it to him to give him another shot. And yeah, and look at what he's doing. Yeah, so currently, Michaelis is ranked seventh in the major or in the in the National League for innings pitched. You know who's number six? Madison Bumgarner. <laughs> innings, innings. You need innings because you've got three guys right now who are very very good in your bullpen, and you've got another guy who has shown that he can be the best reliever in the major leagues. They don't need to be pitching five days a week. They don't. No. It's a problem if they do. So predictions going forward. We're closing in on that hour mark. Yeah. We got about seven minutes before eight. Uh, what are your predictions going forward? What do you think? Uh, what's the next series? Um, Atlanta. Atlanta. What do you got for the Atlanta series? Oh, goodness gracious. Great balls of fire. Um, let me pull up. I think they'll, nice. I think they'll take two of three in Atlanta. Um, lot, as as lot, long as they again, learn how to pitch to, to the young guys that a lot that Atlanta's on got matchups, and a lot depends on the health of the outfielders and how their how the rotation in the outfield is set. Yikes! Uh, I don't I don't love the, the, the three week, pitching matchups, but go on the the following uh, series is I believe against the Rangers, isn't it? Yeah, and Atlanta inter, and inter, Texas. Inter, some interleague play, give Martinez a chance to DH, get uh, Fowler back out in right field, get Bader back out in center field, get him some at-bats in game-time situation other than just pinch hitting, um, and, and see how they do. Yeah. Um, yeah, so in, in game one, you've got Flaherty against Fultonevich. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. Fultonevich had a really good year last year. Not doing so hot so far this year. If I remember correctly, when we played them last year, we hit pretty well off him, which is nice. Whether or not we translate that into the next outing, I don't know. Because if you remember, like, three years ago, Corey Kluber went, like, nine innings and struck out, like, 18 Cardinals. And the next time we faced him, we went an inning in two-thirds and gave up six runs. So, uh, baseball's weird. Uh, so, I mean, I, so, I'm hoping so, Flaherty turns it around. He's He's, you know, like I said, the strikeout numbers have been good. Like, not even good. It's been like like top five in the major leagues. Like he's striking out a lot of guys, which is nice. I would like to see a little bit more efficiency because if you can get seven innings out of that guy, that's dirty. How many how many pitches does it take to strike out three batters in an inning? Nine. I'd much rather see somebody throw a pitch up there, get a ground ball, and be out in five or six pitches. Yeah, I mean, which is which is what Wayne Wainwright's been doing. Yeah, I mean, Flaherty right now is averaging close to eighteen pitches an inning, I believe, mm-hmm. and Michaelis is like fourteen and a half. Yeah, there's a reason he's getting and, deeper into games. And there, there, you know, there's always going to be that one inning where they have twenty-five to thirty pitches. Yeah, you know, over the last ten games, the Cardinals are two and eight. Yeah, um, going forward, the, they got to find something to break the slump. And, yeah, they do. And I'm hoping that, you know, maybe a change in, in some players here or there. Um, to be honest with you, I like the way I like the way Jed Jerko looked yesterday. I mean he played he played a solid third base. I mean he's always been a solid third baseman. And 
They don't give and, him enough credit. You know, he had a he had a hit or two yesterday. He's striking the ball well for for not having that many at bats. Um, Munoz, it surprised me that they put him in center field. Obviously, Bader yeah. wasn't available. Why though? Um, and it and it shocks me that you know Fowler was Fowler probably needed a, a little rest, but Munoz did okay in the outfield. But to me, his yeah. best position is still third base. I mean his his best position is also DH, but yeah, like his ability to play every position is nice. He's just not really above average he's, at any he's of them. This generation's Jose Aquino, he can he, play anywhere, but he's just not good at any of them. He's but, fine, but yeah. But and I, that's I'm, the problem. I honestly think the Texas series is going to be the series where we can make some turnarounds. See, uh, I, I, just want us to, the I just Braves. want us to play against uh, Lance Lynn and Shelby Miller because both of those guys are in their rotation, and neither one yeah. of them are doing particularly well. Yeah, I don't right. want to play them because they usually throw really well against the Yeah, of course they do. Right. Um, so, yeah, so game two, it's Waka versus Soroka. Soroka's 3-1 and one with an ERA of 1.2, so... That's nice. Waka's 3-0, and 3-0 with a 5.35 ERA. If that's not reason enough to, for wins and losses that are stupid. When, when you score 17. Stupid. Yeah, you give Waka 17 hey, runs of support. You saw Fast and the Furious. Vin Diesel said it all. It doesn't matter if you win by a mile or an inch. Winning's winning. Yeah, right, but EA, I'm not giving him the win for that. W. I'm giving the offense the win for that. Is there a way that we can do that? <laughs> it's Whatever. like offense won today's game. Waka was fine. And then, yeah, so game three, it's Wainwright versus Tehran. So two vets going at it in game three. And then, yeah, it's Texas. But it's TBD versus Smiley. TBD versus TBD. And TBD versus TBD. Well, you, so, pretty, you pretty much know that after Wainwright, you're going to see – It'll be Michaelis. You'll see Michaelis. It'll be it's because it's it'll be Michaelis and Hudson, and then you're gonna Hudson's see, spot. We'll see who's see we'll see who's in AAA pitching that day, and we'll see if they make that switch because I'm I'm hearing that they might, but it hasn't happened yet. But I I think it's a it depends on it, well it's really gonna match up to who's pitching that day, and then yeah. they'll call up that guy and then send him down the next day. <laughs> So we'll see, because because the last time that happened and they called a guy up for Waka, it was it was Ponce de Leon and it was his turn and he was fine. All right, two minutes left. Why don't you go ahead and tell them about the uh, giveaway, Aaron? Oh yeah. So for all of you that watch our shows, we like to do giveaways from time to time, and today is no exception. We've we've kind of gotten away from it for a little bit, trying to, you know, make it more exciting when we do it. Um, and so today we are going to be doing one. If you see this right here, we are going to do a giveaway of, ta-da, we're going to do a Matt Adams signed ball that is verified, and uh, it's got this little sticker on there. For the life of me, I can't read where it's from, but it is verified. I did buy it from a place that I trust and know them very well. And then, yeah, it's got a verification on there. I just can't tell who that is. And then it's also... Uh, Matt Adams signed rookie card from Bowman. So, real quickly, before we post this. Here's the ball. Yes. And there's the verification sticker. If you yeah. That it's legit. I bought it from a sports, like, I bought it from a, like, a, a card shop in the area. It's legit, I promise. And then also the card here. Now, what we are wanting to do 
and we want to hear from you. So we'll, we'll kind of take a little consensus vote of like who's still watching. We want to know whether or not we should do this as a pair and put them both together in one giveaway, or if we should draw two winners with the first winner being able to pick which one they want, and then the second winner gets the other one. So for anyone still watching, comment what they think we should do, whether it should be a pair or we should pick two winners. And we'll kind of let that go for a few minutes and see what people think. And then we'll make the official posts. You'll be able to see them very shortly um, on our Facebook page, our Twitter page, as well as our Instagram page. And we'll see what people think about that. All right, so... It's not, it's not good. It's frozen. So, so to kind of close things out, uh, just like to thank Brad for taking a, a seat on the side and allowing me to, to step in and, and talk a little Cardinals baseball. You know, the thing about being in Honduras is uh, I get uh, Fox Sports Go, so I get to watch a lot of the games. However, there's not a whole lot of Cardinal fans in Honduras. So... Um, what kind of fans are there down there? A lot of a lot of the the personnel that I work with are Red Sox fans and Dodger fans for some reason. Losers. Well, they're just kind of the bandwagon fans, I guess. That sounds you about know, right. So, um, I mean, what what does it take right now to be a Boston fan? Are you not happy that the Patriots are winning everything? <laughs> like, really? Like, you have to go with the Red Sox now that they're doing so, okay too? Like, get out of here. But you know. Thanks, thanks for the opportunity to sit in and talk a little Cardinals baseball. Hopefully, I didn't embarrass myself too much. Uh, I rely, I, like I, re I rely on my my eye and what I see, not on on me the metrics and and all the stats that uh, that Aaron's notorious for pulling up on his phone and being able to quote, you know, the whip and all of that. I, Whip's I, not even that analytical though. It's just I, how many walks and hits they give up, Dad. Yeah. But I still some of the analytics part I don't even hardly understand. I just know that most <clears throat> experts trust them. <laughs> I, I've been around for a long time, and, and you know I I use the eyeball test, and you know there's there's certain things that you can see it in in a player's eyes and how they're playing, and whether or not they're going to be successful on any particular day. So. Well, thanks for joining us, Phil. Uh, I appreciate you jumping in here, spending a little time. I do think you add to the show. And uh, one of the things I was talking about was is we have the ability to add phone calls to it. So yeah. we, can, we can have you call in from Honduras from time to time or face Facebook in or FaceTime. FaceTime in. FaceTime yeah. in. We can, uh, we can do that. Back on the show. I don't know if we can get your picture up there or not, but we can definitely get the audio. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, what I'm seeing is, is a lot of uh, a lot of spread it around due to different winners. So I think cool. that's what we'll roll with. Sounds good to me. All right. So with that being said, I'm going to play this outro music. Hey, thanks for joining us, everyone. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Yeah, have a good one, you guys.